0: Slinging It Deep Podcast. Right, Michelle, on play action, finding room, going deep, and it's caught by Higgins. He goes in for the score. Jalen Ramsey fell down, and just like that, in 12 seconds, a 75-yard touchdown. Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Slingin' It Deep podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hayes, and today I am joined by Connor Newman and Evan Mullings. Uh, Connor, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I got uh, intramural wiffle ball in an hour. I'm ready to to go hard. (laughs) Nice.
2: (laughs) Evan? Um, Pretty good. Um, Our last recording is uploading right now, so for some reason I think it sounds like a faucet is running, but it is just... Um, My slow Wi-Fi here in New (laughs) York. So I'm muting every time I'm not talking.
1: I was just about to ask, is anyone
0: else here static? (laughs) 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 That makes a lot of sense. All right. All right. Um, We'll make it quick because of the intramural football game. Um, Teams 12 through 9 today. uh, And first up is the Baltimore Ravens, um, a team that was decimated by injuries last year um i don't think they had the best offseason in the world um this past offseason obviously uh made a few key additions but i think a lot of the uh departures uh, at least offensively it's really hard um to kind of this team's gonna be good i think just by getting a lot of people back from injuries but i don't know what their upside is um if you're looking at like afc championship or super bowl um that's just kind of my take on it but um connor what do you kind of think of these ravens
1: um i think they're a good team i mean obviously they've cracked our top 12 so i think we all agree they're a good team i mean the north is going to be a really tough division this year uh with the bengals to be talked about later the browns are kind of a wild card there um i think the steelers are probably at the bottom of the barrel but like you said i don't think they did that much in the offseason i know the linderbaum pick i really liked for them outside of that i mean you lose you're two of your top three receivers. Uh, So like you're kind of left with just Rashad Bateman there, who's yet to really break out. So I'm a little worried about that. I mean, the the Lamar extension is probably hanging uh, looming after that Kyler uh, contract that he just got. But I think that's a huge uh, discussion for them to have. I don't know. I like them. Obviously they're a great team. I think they're a playoff team this year. So I like, I like the uh, prospect of Baltimore.
2: Evan? Yeah, um, similar thoughts to the both of you. I mean, this isn't a roster that really, you know, screams, like you said, Dan, AFC championship. Um, You know, I do like their offensive line. I like their run game. I mean, they're going to be a heavy, heavy run game. I mean, you know, outside of Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, like Newman said, there's not much. Uh, The defense is is exciting. I mean, you look on the back end, you got Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, who are, are obviously both new additions, Marlon Humphrey. I think they'll probably win games, win some games in, in that secondary. Um, but outside of that, again, the offense, there are some question marks there, and for good reason.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, I think the offensive line is decent, especially when you kind of compare it to – a lot of other teams in the NFL. Um, obviously, Ronnie Stanley is one of the best left tackles in the league. Um, Linderbaum, I think he's going to be a solid rookie. Zeitler, he's a pretty good veteran. And then Morgan Moses, I think, doesn't get a lot of credit that um, he should get. I think he's very deserving. Um, but outside of that, for this offense, like, the receivers aren't that good. You're expecting Rashad Bateman to take this big step up in year two. Devin Duvernay is more of a specialist like special teams guy, then he is a legitimate receiver. And then everyone else, you just really banking on being a a solid number three when they're in reality receivers, four or fives on other teams, I think. Um, but I mean, it is somewhat kind of how Baltimore is constructed. It's supposed to be power run. You're relying on JK Dobbins, uh, Gus Edwards, Lamar Jackson, um, it's worked and i question how long some keep working when especially the receiver core just keeps getting worse and worse we look at and it's kind of the uh, one of these questions we'll get into you lose marquise brown and sammy Watkins, um and the question is like what are the expectations for this receiver core now that those guys have left and we'll start with you connor
1: i mean i agree with you dude renee has always been more of a special teams kind of guy i don't think he really has much of a feature at receiver I like bateman i think if there's any year for him to break out it's got to be this one where he's you know all alone as that top dog uh, i mean andrews is still there i know lamar loves andrews but like you said it is a, a run-heavy offense you have those two backs even tyler huntley maybe he gets in the mix you never know uh they had that formula i mean even when lamar went down last year huntley when he stuck to for that formula they were a very successful team so I think as far as the receiving core goes, I mean, it's trash. It's absolute trash. It's one of the worst in the league. I like Bateman, but I mean, Duvernay, uh, Prochet, and all those other guys, those are not suitable names to be a, a, a wide receiver two, even a wide receiver three on a lot of other teams. So it's going to be a disaster for them if they can't figure it out. But I think if they stick to the plan, use Andrews, um, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be fine.
2: Ed? Um, to kind of answer this question, I mean, personally, I actually don't believe that they are done. Um, I do believe that they will at some point here, whether it's by week one or, you know, before then, uh, I think they're going to sign a receiver. Uh, you look at who's available. Julio Jones is still available. Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Danny Amendola, Odell, Adam Humphreys. I mean, there's guys out on the free agent wire who can help a team. I mean, Connor brought up that This receiving core is just not where it's at, where it should be. Um, So I really strongly believe they will sign a receiver and things will be all right for the Ravens.
0: I think it's fair if you look at it that way. I mean, I I know there's always been a bunch of rumors about Odell. Um, Obviously, nobody's getting him until like December um, with the whole knee injury. So... It's possible maybe a late-season sign for them if they go for Odell or a veteran like Emmanuel Sanders that has seen playoff success recently, um, especially in like San Fran. So I I think that would be very appropriate given what they have on roster. Um, I'd like to see it sooner rather than later. That way you're just not playing catch-up with the rest of the teams, especially because it's been an arms race this year trying to get weapons, get quarterbacks. I mean, every offense in the AFC seems like it just – go for, like, i uh, missing the word here, but basically they, they could put up 40 points a game, uh, just a shootout. So where the Ravens, I mean, that's just not the type of game they're going to want to play, especially with this receiver core. So if they try to get some weapons, I, I think that would be very beneficial. Um, and segue kind of into the next question with Connor bringing up Andrews. Um, I believe this is Evan's question. And do we believe that Mark Andrews will lead this team in receiving yards?
1: I mean, yeah, why well, uh, not? He, he led all tight ends last year in yards by over 200, I believe. Um, you know, with only Bateman there. Even, like, when Marquise Brown was there, I believe he hit – I think he hit 1,000 yards, but, I like, I don't – like, they spread the ball out. They don't really have, like – even if you're the go-to guy, you're not really the go-to guy. But I think Andrews has consistently been someone that Lamar counts on. So, yeah, I, I think there's a very good chance. i put it over 50% that he, he does lead the team because I think he's such a threat, you know, in the red zone. And when Lamar, you know, kind of needs that safety blanket. So I, I would answer, yeah,
2: I think he does. Um, personally, uh, I brought up this question. Um, I'm going to say no. And in part, again, I noted that I think they're going to sign a receiver. And I'd like to get this on the record now. I genuinely believe that the Ravens before the season will sign Julio Jones and Julio Jones will come into Baltimore and he will lead the Ravens in receiving yards in his first year in Baltimore. If not, I do think Bateman is going to have a big step up. So my answer to the question is no, I think Andrews is probably going to be around 850, 900,000 yards somewhere in that realm. But I think they're going to bring in a number one receiver. Like I said, I really think it's going to be Julio. And I think Julio will almost replace Hollywood Brown in that sort of role. And I think hopefully for his sake and for every NFL fan's sake that we can see Julio Jones back to where he was, kind of almost a renaissance year for Julio, who does need it. Tennessee wasn't the place for him. And I think Baltimore could be. So I'm keeping my hopes up for that Um, just because when Julio Jones is out on the field, you know, the NFL is a better product. So that's going to be my take.
0: Interesting. I was not expecting it to go that way when you were the one that posed the question. So, um, I mean, it's fair if they do bring in another guy, it changes the entire equation. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be Julio Jones just cause he. I think he's somewhat washed. I'm not going to say completely washed, but I, I do believe Mark Andrews will lead the team in receiving. Um, just, I think that's kind of how this Ravens offense works. Uh, they don't really push it outside the numbers when they pass the ball. It's more over the, over the middle and you're going to be thrown to the tight end more often than not, um, especially given this personnel. So I would have to say Mark Andrews being the leading receiver kind of to switch it to the defense. Cause I feel we always kind of more talk about the offense in these, but uh, Odafe Owe, uh, the second year rusher out of Penn state. What are some of our expectations for him as it, he's kind of the lead rusher here for this Ravens defense that's been known to get after the quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe he was the one that you and Frank absolutely hated uh, in the draft process, correct?
0: As a first-rounder, yes.
1: Yeah. But... I think he
0: landed in a good spot late in the first round, so it it ends up working out. There's people that wanted him going top 20 and had the pushback on that.
1: Was he, he was the one that had no sacks, though, right? I remember correct.
0: You know, right. He was athletic. You see the raw talent. It was just with no production, you can't take him top 20.
1: I mean, he had five sacks last year, so I guess that's a step up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Baltimore loves to get after it. Um, so I assume if, if he's the top rusher now, I assume he, that number can only can go up. Uh, will he hit double digits? I, I mean, Probably, right? He's the top guy. Um, Close they have there. Oh, yeah. It, geez, that team is... I mean, Tyus Bowser, he's not a guy who rushes the quarterback. They do have a job, though, but I don't anticipate him playing right away. No. So. Yeah, I mean, outside of Clays Campbell, and yeah, I agree uh, that he's going to be the top guy. I think maybe he hits double-digit sacks by doubles his total from last year. He's going to have to be a difference maker. I mean, like you said, they don't want to get into shootouts. That's not the way they play. So you need someone to slow the offense down. So I guess he's going to have to be that guy for them this year.
2: He's going to be asked to do a lot for sure. Um, I would note that they obviously did sign Justin Houston not that long ago, who I think – uh, will be relied on for some production, so I think that's noteworthy. I think Justin Houston still has some left in the tank. And if I were a betting man looking at this roster, I'd probably say Justin Houston uh, is going to lead the team in sacks with uh, Odafe right behind them. Uh, I just think that was a much needed signing for Baltimore, just to add, like Newman said, they don't have a whole lot. And I think, you know, adding Justin Houston, a veteran who's been around this place before. I think he's still got some left in the tank, and I think he'll have a good producing year for the Ravens, and I think O.A. will as well. But I think some of that pressure will be taken off the young pass rusher with the addition of Justin Houston.
0: That's fair. Um, Kind of forgot about the Houston signing. Um, Obviously older now. But I think when I look at Odafe, year two under John Harbaugh, that defense, uh, I know they're changing coordinators uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think he's going to be a guy that he'll take that next step. He'll be 8 to 10 sacks, I believe. Um, It's a high number. But I, I think when you look at this Ravens defense and kind of the skill sets he has, um, and he had some really good games last year as well, uh, was a real dis- difference maker in some of them. So I, I'd have to say that 8 to 10 range is kind of my expectations for somebody with his talent Um, and just what this defense is. So. We will... The next thing we'll do, we'll kind of wrap up these Ravens um, and we'll combine the question and the over-under for the Ravens. So the question is, is this the year that Lamar sees some playoff success Um, and the over-under is at nine and a half?
1: Uh, I'll take the over. I think they're a playoff team. I think they'll hit double-digit wins. Um, And as far as Lamar goes, obviously he hasn't been great in the playoffs um i mean i think the first i mean the first time he played in the playoffs the chargers threw eight dbs on the field and absolutely suffocated him uh and since then i think he's shown an ability to adapt i think he's looked better uh in recent playoff games he gets sacked a ton i mean that's not completely on him but as a mobile quarterback some of that is always on you uh, if you're being foolish and running away so i think if he I don't even know how to, how to put it. I know he has the skills, you know, to get over the hump. I really do. I mean, obviously, the the skill positions around him aren't that great, uh, but I think he has a good running back duo behind him, a good tight end that he can lean on. Um, so I, I do think he can get over the hump this year if they find a groove.
2: This is a team who I think has had some bad luck in years past. Um, Obviously, you look back at last year. I mean, the injury bug was unlike, and, and no other team faced the injury bug that I think Baltimore did. I mean, that Dobbins injury, I mean, that was brutal. And so looking at that, I think they're going to be around where most of these AFC bubble teams are. I'm going to say under, I'm going to say nine wins. I'm not you know, hoping anything bad for Baltimore, but just it always has seemingly gone down the last couple of years, so I just I question the team's ability to stay healthy down the stretch. So I'm going to say under, but nine, nine, nine wins, nine and eight.
0: So I'm going to take the over, but just given the AFC and how competitive it is, and especially again, we talk about some of these offenses, their ability to put up 40 points a game, I just don't see it this year for the Ravens in terms of a playoff run. Um, it's unfortunate for Lamar. I do like Lamar. I think he's a legit quarterback. I don't think he's just a running back like a lot of people like to joke about. His game's not perfect. He he just has a different skill set than a lot of other quarterbacks that we're maybe used to, the Tom Brady's, uh, the Aaron Rodgers. Like that they, they just can't do what Lamar does. Um, and Lamar's obviously can't do stuff that they can do either uh, in terms of processing or pushing the ball down the field. But um, I think it's a team that, in the regular season, if they're healthy, is going to be very good. But again, I just think when it comes to the playoffs, it's a whole different animal. They won't be able to. They won't be able to move on and have a deep run. I think so. Anything else on the Ravens before we move on to Team Eleven? They have a good kicker. <laughs> Indeed, they do. All right. Uh, so we'll move on to the Dallas Cowboys that are sponsored by Evan Mullings. Um, I'm not going to say much about the Cowboys because I don't like them at all. So, Connor, I'll let you take it away.
1: love oh, the Cowboys. Um, I don't know what there is to say on the Cowboys.
0: I can't think of... I think...
1: I, I mean, they traded away Amari. Uh, I mean, Ceedee Lamb has kind of filled that role fine. Uh, Cedric Wilson's obviously gone. So, him and... It's just him and Gallup, I assume, with Schultz who turned down that extension. So... I, I still think they're a good team. I still think they're a playoff contender and a weaker NFC East and no offense. It's not the Eagles that make it weak. Um, I do think it comes down to the defense because, I mean, last year was unlike anything they've done in the past five years. Uh, whether they can keep that going is definitely a big question, but, you know, you got Micah Parsons who immediately became a star. Diggs, I mean, he's such a polarizing player, but he was able to, to get the offense the ball uh, more than anyone else, so I think they're a playoff team just because they get to beat up on the Giants and Commanders four times, um, maybe split with the Eagles. So I like their chances. I don't think they're going to make a deep playoff run. I don't think they're that team. Uh, but I think they're similar to the Ravens, hence why they're ranked right next to them. They at least can make the playoffs. Um,
2: wow. I still like this team a lot. Um, Wait, hold on. Before you oh go. go.
0: I'm gonna interject here with the question. Will you make the mistake of jumping on their bandwagon again? We're gonna get it right here, right now. Oh. Hmm.
2: I have to commit an answer right now. I yes. mean let me you have to put the
0: guarantee on the table.
2: For the record, I don't even have them winning the division. I don't know how many of you guys had them. Winning the division. I said the Eagles, in my power rankings, I had the Eagles 9. I had this team 11. I still like this team a lot. I mean, maybe I, that just goes to show that I think the Eagles are better. I, do I think they'll make the playoffs? Yes. Do I think this is the year that they will win a playoff game? Yes. I will I will at least admit that. Uh, I'm a believer in Dak Prescott. I'm a believer in C.D. Lamb. I'm, and I'm a believer in Michael Gallup. Uh, and the defense I said last year and everyone laughed in my face when I said the defense was actually going to be somewhat competent. Everyone was like, no, no, everyone laughing hysterically at me, calling me some things, uh, that I can't really remember probably because I decided to purge it out of my brain. I like the team. <laughs> there's not too much difference on that defense. I, there's still a lot of the players I really like. I'm a believer in digs. I think Parsons is unbelievable. Um, I am a little worried about Anthony Brown. He is the one bad egg on that defense in my eyes. Uh, but Gallimore's is an, another young player who I really like. Vanderash hopefully can stay healthy and give you some success. And they signed uh, Dante Fowler to not a deal that Atlanta signed him. They didn't pay him a ton. I think he's still a pretty good edge rusher. The offensive line is still going to be there. They're going to be pretty good. They're going to be pretty good. Oh. Are you on the bandwagon or are you off the bandwagon? I mean, I'm, I'm going into the season still liking the team. Again, it's not going to be—I mean, at least right now, it's not as much love as I had last year, but I, I like it a lot. So I don't know if so, I ever—I don't know if I ever got off of it, to be honest.
0: Although I So do. you would say you're still on this bandwagon. Stop <laughs> dancing around the question. This is a yes or no. It's black and white. You on or you off? I mean, I don't think I ever jumped off. He's on the bandwagon. All right. Interesting.
2: <laughs> I, I will you just say, I think Dak Prescott is a very good quarterback, and they can win with Dak Prescott. That I will get on the record right now. Cowboys can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. Hands down easy. I think he gets too much hate out there.
0: I'll leave my comments to myself. Not going to go down that road. Um, Oh, God. All right. Yeah. I'll just get to the questions because, again, I don't like Cowboys. Um, I mean, you you strongly hate them. I do. Um, (laughs) So, Ivan kind of brought up this defense, how he kind of thought it would be good. I guess it was decent. Um, Will the defense be able to be a top 10 level defense again, which somehow it was top 10?
1: Last year? <laughs> this was my question because I went back and they haven't had a top 10 defense since like 2017, I think. I don't know. I mean, what they were doing last year was pretty special. Obviously, when you draft a guy like Micah Parsons, that's kind of how it goes. Um, he was just unbelievable at every level. Um, I'm trying to see who they have. I and mean, not a lot of turnover, I don't think. Uh, Malik Hooker's still there, Van Der Esch. Fender, uh, that guy, his career just took a freaking U-turn after that.
0: Uh, injuries. I mean, he was always yeah. a guy that was going to deal with it.
1: That's so tough.
2: Um, I lost Gregory
1: I, I, too. That's true. I don't think they'll finish his top ten, but more as like a top fifteen somewhere in there. But um, I think that's all they really have to be because I think the offense is capable of putting up points uh at a high level. So I'll go top fifteen.
2: it's a top 10 defense.
1: Nice. <laughs> I respect it. I respect
0: it. I respect it. Um I kind of lean more to what Newman said, top 15. Um I don't think I don't think the pass rush is there really to be top 10 um outside of Lawrence. I think it's a lot of average dudes that serve a role and a purpose. I uh, outside of Diggs as well, who's also led up almost 1,000 yards as a corner. Um, out, like So outside of Parsons and Lawrence, I think it's all average, and so I'll go with 15th, 16th in the league. That's how I'll answer that. Um, next question. Ugh, these are all kind of all over the place. Is, Callum, is this Kellen Moore's last year as the offensive coordinator? Obviously, a lot of people thought he may leave this year. Um, he loses some pieces. Don't know if the offense may take take a step back, so maybe he's kind of risking it. But will this be his last season in Dallas?
1: Um, I'll lean yes, because I thought he would leave last year. Um, I think he's really talented, a bright young mind. I think other teams – like, look, you look at the coaches that got hired this year, I certainly think he was – as bit qualified as they were to get a job. So I think, like you said, less pieces, but I think it's still a good enough offense to showcase you know, what he wants to do. Uh, and I think other teams will see that and give him a chance.
2: I'm going to say it's not his last year, just because I'm looking at these teams. I just don't even know how many coaching openings there will be after this year. Maybe Se- maybe Seattle, uh, maybe Washington, but there's it's just not going to be the same number that we saw. A lot of teams, I think, brought in new coaches, at least based on my rankings that are at the bottom, brought in new coaches. And I just have a hard time finding mo- like just enough teams to fill these jobs. So I'm going to say no. I think he'll be back.
0: I'll say yeah. I mean, it's offensive driven, and if this Cowboys team, if the offense is at least somewhat what it was last year, I'll say yeah. He, he's young, so I think that kind of worked against him this year, where it was kind of a little one-year wonderish, a little for him. Um, and Mike McCarthy is an offensive guy, so maybe there's some concerns, like is Mike McCarthy doing the game plan? I don't think so, because I think Mike McCarthy is an absolute idiot. Kellen Moore obviously called a better game, but um I, I would have to assume he gets some type of job this year. Um, so that's how I'd answer
2: that. Last uh, I just question have before. Okay. okay. I was just going to quickly throw in a bold take. If Michael Gallup is healthy by week one, he will put up north of 1,150 receiving yards. I think he's going to have a monster year if he is healthy by week one. monster yes. i could
0: see it in the fact that he's the deep threat like i know cd lamb is absolutely talented but michael gallup when healthy is one of the better deep route runners in the league so i i could see that
2: i'm thinking like i could do hop 15 top 10 fantasy wide receiver
0: mm. that may be pushing. i don't know i don't know I, I find fantasy rankings really weird. I, I don't know how to compartmentalize that in my head. There's, there's so much that sure. goes into it with receptions, touchdowns, yard. It's, it's hard to compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. Um, ne- Next question here, and this is definitely uh, Colin's question. How can Tony Pollard get involved in this offense?
1: <laughs> I know. You got Evan, Evan the, the cowboy lover, but Colin is the Tony Pollard lover. Um, yeah. I mean you see all off season they're like, Oh, the Cowboys will get Tony Pollard more touches and then the week after the Cowboys think Ezekiel Elliott will have a career year. I'm like, Well, I don't know how you can have both, but I mean Amari Cooper leaves a lot of a lot of touches, a lot of target share to be to be had. And I think Tony Pollard showed that he can get in on more than just third down work. Obviously he's good at uh, with the ball in his hands and Zeke just has started to fall off in in ways that only anyone really expected when he first came into the league um so i think he deserves more touches will it be a true committee probably not i think it's probably gonna be similar to what it was last year where zeke gets a majority of the ball uh, especially near the goal line it's a bigger guy but i do think he deserves more touches either with the cowboys or with another team um i'll leave it at that
2: i think i agree with newman it's gonna be very similar to what it was like last year yeah. i think He's going to be really important on third down, but again, I don't—I just don't see them using him as a receiver. I think he's better out of the backfield. You know, third, third and seven, put him in the game, uh, have him run a route out out of the backfield, but uh, it it won't be dramatically different than it was last year.
0: Yeah. It- Holler needs more touches, but there is a correlation in the offense when Zeke got, like, over 10 carries versus under 10 carries. Um, And I think if Kellen Moore, obviously young offensive mind, if you could find a way somehow to not so much run two back sets, um, but kind of like what the Browns can do with Hunt um, Hunt and Chubb, Like, Chubb's kind of more of the scat back in a way, but Chubb is the lead man. If they could somehow kind of figure out to get that balance, I think they would really benefit from that. Um, Because, I mean, Pollard, he's just so much more explosive than Zeke is at this point. Um, I think if it was third and one, obviously Zeke is one of the best backs in the league for that type of situation. But if you're talking first and ten, second and ten, you just need some explosive play. I think Tony Pollard's more that guy than Zeke at this point. So... I think they have to really do – they had to, of this offseason, figured out some way that they could get both these guys involved, uh, especially with losing Amari Cooper, uh, kind of like he talked about, Connor. You just lose those touches. I think Pollard is the guy to take over that uh, that share of the offense. So, Anything else, Evan, you want to talk
2: about your Cowboys um, before I get to the over-under? I just look forward to many great conversations on Mondays with you boys.
0: Yeah, I'll be yelling at you by Sunday night. Um alright. Cowboys over under is at ten. Even. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vegas.
1: Can I push? I might push. I feel like we had that last episode. I know. I'm going to push. I think 10 is a great number uh, to win the East, or maybe not win the East.
2: Over, easily, I'd say about 12 or 13. I think the Eagles are going to be... That's the thing. I think the Eagles are... Oh, are so eight. you're
0: saying the Eagles are getting
2: 13? I think the Eagles get 13, yeah. Holy crap. I'm not even that ridiculous. wow Wow. Oh, I- the, well, hold on one second. I have to go back and fill out who I think is going to win every week. So I can't confirm that, but I think to, as, uh, to answer the question, over on the 10, yes. Wow.
0: You are a crazy individual.
2: Listen, um, I'm glad I bring that spice to the show. You bring that stupidity to the show. Um.
0: <laughs> um. I'm going to go with the over. Um, I don't like Dallas. I hate Dallas. I wish they would go 0-17 every single season, but I do have to I do have to respect that they will be somewhat decent this year, even though they'll probably choke in the playoffs like they always do, because Jerry Land is a piece of hot garbage. Anyway. <laughs> Our next team is another piece of hot garbage in the Cleveland Browns at 10, in air quotes. Um... Funny enough, this team doesn't even have an over-under um, because of the whole Watson thing going on. So how do you guys kind of feel about the Browns given the whole Watson situation?
1: Uh, I feel like I equate it to deflate gate. Uh, the only <laughs> way I can kind of put it—as you know, they're a good enough team that they could survive without Watson. Oh, shut up, Evan. I can see that look. Yeah. Um, not in the, the level of the scandal. God, that would be terrible. I'm saying they're a, good, they're a good enough team like the Patriots to overcome not having their quarterback there, although whether Jacoby Percet can handle that is, a, is another discussion. But, I mean, they're a good team. I mean, Watson I mean, hasn't played in a while, but he's a good quarterback from what I remember. Um, so if he is able to figure this all out and play, they're going to be a good team. If not... They're probably not going to be a very good team. Uh, Brissett is not as good, uh, but a talented roster nonetheless.
0: I don't know.
2: My reaction was just the reaction I give when Deflategate is ever brought up. I think it's just an absolute waste of time. Uh, <laughs> looking at the Browns roster right now, I mean, again, I think you said it pretty well, Connor. I mean, I think it's really going to be contingent on Deshaun Watson. Um and we just have no idea how it's going to play out. And based on everything that I've seen and you know, all the information I've gathered, I think Watson is kind of a piece of shit, for, back, for lack of a better term. Uh, but they did a good job. I mean, they drafted David Bell, who I like a lot, out of Purdue. They you know, they brought in Amari Cooper, who's, who's another great fit. Their offensive line has never been a problem. Uh, they re-signed Clowney. I mean... I guess the roster's pretty much there. Yeah, you know, if Watson is healthy, but I think if Jacoby Brissett is playing quarterback for the Browns, you're gonna see a big drop off in the win department than it would have been under Deshaun Watson. So that's just kind of my thoughts on the on the on this team. This team, if
0: Watson is, let's say, suspended for eight games, which it sounds like they're preparing for, although they're preparing for, like, four games a couple weeks ago, and they're preparing for a full season like a month ago, so who knows how long they'll actually get suspended for. But let's say it's eight games. uh, This team will basically be like the Denver Broncos. They'll have a good defense, uh, and then the offense will be so-so from week to week with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. Obviously, Nick Chubb is good can't do it all himself, so it, this team will be extremely average if Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback. Even if Watson comes back after the suspension, I mean, he hasn't played in two years. I, yeah, I don't think he's going to be good right out the gate. He needs to get NFL playing experience again, and I don't think that this season is the year he's going to click in the offense. Um, not to mention it's an entirely new offense to him compared to what he had in Houston. So, um I think this team without Watson is extremely average. So, but shall we get in the questions or, the like, is it not even worth our, our time talking about until we know the Watson suspension? I think
1: we wait just because, you know, if he's not playing, I think it changes the whole outlook of this team. Like, they certainly won't be the top 10, where, or where they are. They are 10, right? Yeah, so. Yep. I, I think we wait, and if we learn something, maybe we throw them into a later episode. Um, but I think time will tell.
2: Makes I would sense. just say, real quick, I just don't ever remember a situation like this where, you know, we've known about this for a while. The reports have been scattered. You know, like Dan, you said, the rumors just been, you know, ranging from a full season to four games, which is a huge difference. Um, and everybody just, it's something everybody knows about. They went ahead and made the trade anyway. I i just, first time in my life I've seen a situation like this in the NFL. It's really odd. It's really weird. Really weird.
0: The PR around this is just terrible. And all the guys at the NFL office are probably pissed off. That's all I'll say. But, so, we could leave the Browns off for now. Um, when this ranking was made, I'm pretty sure the percent, it was like right after the cases, um, saying he wouldn't be charged or something like that, at least criminally. So we figured he'd be playing, and this was like all the way back in May. So this is kind of why they're at 10. But you can pretty much expect them to be lowered come when the final rankings are out. So um, for our next team, it's uh, the ninth team, the San Francisco 49ers. Um one interception, one catch away from being in the Super Bowl playing against Joe Burrow. Um
2: Come on. This Jaquist. is a
0: team. Jaquiski Tart man. Now he's <laughs> on the Eagles though, so it's a little interesting. Um but this Niners team, I mean, I think the roster is really good, offense, defense. You have one of the best coaches in the NFL, um in Kyle Shanahan. It's just a question of can, is first off, who's the quarterback? And then whoever is the quarterback, can they be good enough? And I, I give credit to Kyle Shanahan. This is definitely the only team in the NFL that you could look at with this average quarterback, whoever it may be, just the position being average and they're ranked inside the top 10. I feel every other team has that franchise quarterback. The Niners get the benefit of the doubt year in, year out, regardless. And I think all the credit goes to John Lynch, the GM, and Kyle Shanahan, the head coach.
1: No, I 100% agree. I mean, he's one of the sharpest minds in the league. Um, John Lynch has been a fantastic GM for a very long time. I mean, the roster, amazing. You lose Lake and Tomlinson and Mostert, and you look at the roster, and it still looks really nice. I mean, I feel like the Mostert departure doesn't even hurt them because Shanahan likes to use five running backs. I mean, they drafted another one this year. Like, after Trey Sermon just didn't touch the ball at all last year, so... I don't know. I I assume he knows what he's doing. I don't I don't doubt him. But I mean, yeah, one one catch away from heading to the Super Bowl, it's tough. I mean, that division outside of the Seahawks now is really good. Um, one of the, probably the best in the probably the tightest I'd say in the NFC right now. Um, you know, the Rams coming off that Super Bowl. I mean, the Niners. I just I really like them. I just think they they play boring football almost, but it's so boring that that it's really good. Almost like check down, check down Brady. It's very boring, but it gets the job done. I feel like the, the Niners are a similar case where they just just bore you to death but then win the game. I don't know. They're, I like them. I like their
2: players. I think Shanahan's a genius, but they're boring. I had the 49ers at 14. Um, they're an interesting team. They're a team I could see making the playoffs with ease. They're a team I could also see maybe missing the playoffs. Um, I think a lot is going to be on George Kittle's shoulders this year. He's got to stay healthy. That, that to me is there, probably the most important thing with this team. I mean, Bosa's got to stay healthy. Um, you know, Fred Warner's got to stay healthy. It's a talented roster, but I think injuries are something that, um, you know, has the potential to derail a team like this. And obviously, you hope not, but, um, you know, obviously, Kittle missing time last year. And I know we'll probably get into the quarterback talk. Um, this team did have some late season magic, though, last year. I mean, we got to remember where they won that big game, I believe, against, was it the Cardinals or Rams in Week 17? I can't remember. Uh, where I mean, Jawan Jennings was great. Brandon Ayuk was great. So, you know, they have the pieces there. The offensive line is really good. The defense is good. Um, but I don't know. We'll talk about the quarterback soon. And uh, until then, go ahead, Dan.
0: It's funny, so you asked that, and I said Rams, and then Connor goes Cardinals, and then I had to rethink, and it was definitely the Cardinals game. Okay. Um, But, yeah, we can get right into the quarterbacks. Um, So, okay, this is going to be a three-parter. First off, who is the quarterback? And I guess I'll actually make it a two-parter. Based upon who you think the quarterback is, if it's Jimmy G, actually this doesn't make sense if I do it that way, First off, who's the quarterback? Does, if it's not Jimmy G, does he get traded? And then if it's Trey Lance, is he going to be actually good? Or is he going to have kind of another lackluster performance like he did this past season when he got it?
1: Wow, that's a loaded question. very I'm going to answer it, and then I'm going to head out to Wiffle Ball uh, because I have a long-ass walk ahead of me. Uh, gotcha. I, think, I think Trey Lance is the quarterback. I mean, I know there's been those rumors that they don't think he's the guy, but everything I've heard of late seems to falsify those. They seem to believe in him. Uh, I know they're still honoring Jimmy G's trade requests from what I understand, uh, but I, it's tough because it's hard to, like, if they can't find a partner early, it's hard to have that guy on the bench uh, who's had success uh, in the league. But, I mean, you move all that capital to move up to take Trey Lance, I think you have to, you know, respect him as your quarterback. I think, from what I remember of him playing last year, he was serviceable. I mean, I don't think he showed anything great. I don't think he was that terrible either. Um, so I'll say Trey Lance is the quarterback uh, for this year. I think Jimmy G does get moved where I don't know. Um, but I think it's tough to put a gauge on the 49er season with Trey Lance under center since we don't know really what to expect out of him. I guess this is my way
2: of answering it. Hey, buddy. Later, man. Yes. Um, So this one's interesting because back when the draft happened, I did say that I just had a feeling that Trey Lance was probably going to be the worst quarterback out of the first five taken. Um, Was I encouraged last year? No. Do I think he'll be the quarterback? Yes. Do I think that they'll trade Jimmy? I don't know. That's a pretty good question because I I look around the league. I don't know where he would even go. I really don't. I don't know. It feels like it's pretty late for a trade almost to happen. We saw a lot of trades happen a couple months ago. With obviously, Matt Ryan getting traded, yada, yada, yada. And so I'm not sure if they'll be able to trade him. But I think it makes it – it would be really interesting if they don't trade him and then they start the year with, say, Lance, and then he struggles, and then with Jimmy on the bench, you can go back to Jimmy? I don't know. I, I just feel like it, it's going to create this sort of weird – you know, quarterback controversy almost for lack of a better term, where it's like now it's almost like they don't really know what to do. I trust John Lynch. You said it, Dan. I think he's great. I trust him to do what's right here. I think it would be very weird to go into the season again with them both, except this time starting Lance with Jimmy on the bench. That to me would be weird.
0: I, I do believe it would be weird. And I, I was a Lance believer. I do believe he will have a promising career. But it's not yet. It's like Malik Willis. he needs time on the bench. Um, and I think as of right now, Jimmy Garoppolo gives you the best chance to win. That's not saying Trey Lance can't be the guy eventually, but I just think as of right now, Jimmy Garoppolo knows the system in and out. This roster is built to win now. and I don't think Lance is uh, ready to win now. I mean, just look at him as a prospect. He was coming from the FCS level. That already tells you you kind of need a year to sit on the bench learn. Then he didn't play because of the COVID year. So he had a year off already. Like, it's he wasn't going to be ready. He needs kind of this two-year window to get ready. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo, even how the contract's set up, it's, it's going to be a perfect segue, I feel. Jimmy Garoppolo, you get one more year, kind of prove yourself, maybe make another playoff run with Kyle Shanahan in Kyle this roster, and then Trey Lance can take over. Obviously, if they go ahead and win a Super Bowl, it makes it way more complicated than it needs to be. But... I think, as of right now, you stick with Jimmy, you keep Trey on the bench, and if Jimmy decides to start kind of teetering and fall off, then you go to Lance and just see what he, he's got. But at least you're starting with Jimmy G, the quarterback that's taking you to a Super Bowl, giving you playoff wins when you shouldn't have won against Dallas, you shouldn't have won against Green Bay. We could argue how much you really did against Green Bay, but still, made some clutch throws. He is definitely an NFL starter, and he gives this team the best chance to win.
2: I agree with everything you said.
0: <laughs> so, and especially when I look like the guy, I have to be a fan of him.
2: Come on. Right, right. Yeah, who wants Dan Hayes on the roster?
0: <laughs> I wish. Um, we Weekend some of these other questions. Um, obviously, a big part of this offseason was the whole Debo Samuel situation. We thought he was going to get traded. It was no doubt going to get traded for a pick in this year's draft. Draft comes and goes. He's still on the roster. Lo and behold, oh, I'm not holding out. I'm going to camp. And so it's like nothing ever happened. And it, both sides, they're fine. They'll work out a deal. It's fine. What do you think Debo does this season?
2: Well, it's one of the uh, – again, it's just another weird situation. I mean, you know, I think you or Connor, um, like, had – when we were doing our mock draft, had a package where the Jets and, and 49ers made that sort of trade where Debo went to New York – I don't know. I mean, there were reports that he didn't like being used as a running back because he feared that it was going to uh, shorten his career, which is an understandable thought from Debo. Um, but again, that came out and, and all this other stuff came out with this contract and really question marks. I, listen, I think if Debo's on the field, he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to have a big year, especially if Jimmy G is going to be your quarterback. I think they have a really good rapport and a really good, you know, relationship connection. Um, I'm just curious to see what they do with him at running back, whether or not he'll do that role again. It seemed to work for them, especially on third downs. But, again, if he doesn't want to, it's probably not something that you can really make him do considering he's your best receiver. Um, And you almost got to placate to what he wants given that, obviously, they need to work out a contract. So it's a really interesting situation, Uh, again. But my point is, regardless, Debo's on the field. He's going to be impactful, and he's going to make your team better. So in the end, you got to listen to whatever he wants in that sort of sense uh, because he'll give you production and, again, a better chance to win.
0: I agree. Like, Debo Samuel is the ultimate chess piece that Kyle Shanahan could have in this offense, this West Coast offense that I really respect. I mean, this guy could line up on the outside. He could run any route. He could line up in the slot, any route he wants. uh, And then he could go in the backfield and be such a mis- M- mismatch against any linebacker. Um, wouldn't surprise me if he, could, if he could line up at tight end. Uh, he's just an uber good athlete and just he's absolutely positionless. It's like we talk about basketball, you, positionless basketball. It's almost like positionless football. Like he could do whatever. And I know he doesn't want to play running back. And I think Kyle Shanahan is smart enough as a play caller. To not put him in the backfield, but design looks that make it almost as if he was in the backfield. Whether it's like some swing passes, like off a of motion, whether it's quick little drag routes that are essentially handoffs. By the time you get the ball, because um, I mean that's that's part of the reason teams run a lot of mesh plays and stuff. It's basically like a handoff again. The ball so fast and it's so easy. Um, so I could find them doing ways like that because, I mean, Kyle Shanahan is so creative as a play caller. Um, we can remember that uh, the playoff game against Green Bay, he put Trent Williams in the backfield and motions him, absolutely kicks out the defensive end, and Debo Samuel, fourth and one, gets the first down. I mean, he's an amazing play caller. So when it comes to Debo, he has a plan, and it, it's both parties are going to be just fine. Debo's going to make plays. Everyone's going to be happy. That's kind of my look on how Debo's going to be used this year.
2: Yeah, and I think it was a great move not to trade him. I mean, could have given him that pressure. They tried to work out the relationship. I think that's just what professionals do, and I think John Lynch is that.
0: I agree, absolutely. I think John Lynch recently has gotten a lot of plaque, and I think it's because of this Jimmy G situation. But, I mean, you look at the rest of this roster, I mean, Trent Williams, was that was one of the best trades in NFL history, getting him from the, at the time, Redskins for a fifth-round pick on draft day, and now he's one of the best tackles in the NFL, or the best tackle, sorry. is the best tackle in the NFL. You have Michael Glinchy at the other tackle spot from Notre Dame, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, I think, serves a purpose, and you also bring in Ray-Ray McCloud to be kind of that special teams, fourth wide receiver. Um, the, the backfield, I think Kyle Shanahan can make anybody work, honestly, um, and it's loaded, so he obviously gets the personnel needed. Um, George Kittle, one of the best tight ends in football, and then on defense, Nick Bosa, uh, Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, uh, Trey Greenlaw, Fred Warner, uh, Emmanuel Mosley in the secondary, Jimmy Ward, and, um, oh, Connor has Ward on here twice, but Jason Verrett. It's a very solid roster, and there is a reason why this team is ninth with the question mark at quarterback, be kind of being that average tier to above average. It, John Lynch has done an amazing job, and I don't understand why people give him a lot of flack.
2: Right, and and let's even think about the trade where he um, he was forced to trade DeForest Buckner. Again, that's not an easy decision to make, but yeah. again, you know you have the players in place to make it work, and to get the 13th overall pick in the 2020 draft, which, if I remember correctly, was Ayuk, right? Yeah, so... He's not no. A no, it was not. Who was it?
0: No, that, so that was the Kinlaw pick. Oh, it was the Kinlaw pick. They exactly. had another pick on IU. Exactly. That just goes to show you get rid of a
2: really good player and you bring in another. Right. When you weren't, there was so. just no way you were going to be able to keep him anyway. And you had Armstead anyway. You know, he went out and signed Travis Ward from KC. They needed a corner. He fills that need. like. Doing everything that's been asked of him, and I think he's in the right here not to have traded Jimmy because it would have been a reactionary move. Again, with Debo, would have been a reactionary move. He wants what's best best for the roster, and ex- excellent job.
0: Agreed. Um, I feel like we've talked about the Niners for a while, so we'll kind of get this thing wrapped up.
2: Um, over under ten wins. Oof. Newman wanted to push last on us. Pro- again, it's, there's just so many question marks, right? Quarterback, who's going to be that? Uh, right now, if it's Lance, I'll say under. I'll say about nine. But even then, it just. I, I feel like there'll be a ten. So I, I'm, I'm not going to push it. I'll just say under. But uh, if it's Jimmy, I'll say over. That, that's, how I'll, that's how I'll phrase it.
0: I'm going with the over. Um I'm more confident that it'll be over if it's Jimmy G. Um, when I, I'm trying to do my own personal rankings, and part of it was I wanted to grade, like list out all the head coaches. I put Kyle Shanahan right at number two behind Bill Belichick, um, somebody I absolutely respect. So he, he's going to do wonders for this team, especially given the roster. I don't care who's that quarterback. So definitely take the over on that. So that wraps up our discussion of three teams and somewhat talking about the Cleveland Browns. Um, Shall we do a little sneak peek of the next four teams for the people that are actually still listening? Definitely. All right. So the next teams we have will be the Denver Broncos at eight, the Green Bay Packers at seven, the Los Angeles Chargers at six and the Cincinnati Bengals at five. Getting really close to mm. our number one team. So
2: it, isn't definitely
0: gonna be upset that yes. it will be revealed, but
2: well, isn't that crazy too? We throw back a year. Who would have ever thought the Bengals would be the fifth team? Looking back it's last ridiculous. year when we were doing our it's preview. Ridiculous. Could never have imagined that. Let alone they'd be ridiculous. in the Super Bowl.
0: Unreal. I know. That was the show. We don't know we, we, what was the saying you had last year? Never goes uh, how you expect it. Never goes how you think it's going to go. Yeah, Exactly. So, all right. Um, yeah, that's all we got. So if you're still listening, appreciate it. Um, we'll catch you next time. Later. Peace.
2: Put your tears away.
0: Ain't oh, no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. But you ain't done yet. Take the keys, leave the regrets, write your letters,
2: place your bets. I'll be the one who say.